0: To much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we interview leaders and how they grow their revenue, their people, and themselves. But before we get started, super excited, we're getting super close to releasing our app, Mindset Boosters. And Mindset Boosters will give you the ability to decide how you show up in life. So for whatever reason, that particular morning, you've had a fight with the missus or the dog ate your homework and you're not in the mood, listen to a track and it shows you how to take charge of your mindset. You can go from feeling like a four out of 10 to a nine out of 10 ready for that meeting. 55 tracks that help you where and when you need it, all in the palm of your hand. And today, I'm um, happy to have Adam Honig with us today. He is the head honcho
1: at Spyro AI. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Omar. Nice to be with you. So did I pronounce the company name right? I usually say Spiro, Spiro and we, take, uh, we we come from the word uh, spirare, which is Latin for breathe, and we're trying to breathe new life into probably what's the most hated area of technology today. CRM, maybe? Yes, exactly. You figured it out.
0: So what's kind of interesting is you got to love salespeople. Listen, boss, you want me to do the CRM or you want me to sell? You make up your mind. What do you want to do?
1: <laughs> it's like such a great response. To, yeah, no, uh, I think that, you know, most people, uh, you know, I, I met with one sales leader actually the other day who told me that uh if when he starts in a new sales leadership job, the first thing that he does is fire all the people who are really good at putting data into CRM because he knows that they're not selling. Yep, that is a litmus test. Do you like the CRM? I mean, there is the door? Get out of here. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's really, you know, I mean, CRM was a great concept when it was invented, but I think that you know, today, it's really just a tool of oppression for salespeople. That's the way I look at
0: it. But there is a value there, right? Uh, in terms of, you know that customer X went to this website, he was at this page for 12 seconds or two minutes, he went to the pricing page, looked at it, and it gives you a tickle saying, hey, this customer, third time to the site, he was looking at the pricing page, call him now, has
1: value, Right. Well, sure, sure. I mean, if you have a, a software that's giving you advice and telling you what to do and maybe being proactive in helping you with things, sure, that's great. But that's that's not what CRM is. CRM True is a, a repository of data, uh, often of what the salesperson herself has done, that she needs to manually enter an update. And, uh, you know, mostly so that, you know, her manager can have her, the damn reports that she wants. So, you know, that's that's kind of what it is. It's not really, you know, I, I think what you're describing is, is excellent, but that's not what the reality of the situation is.
0: True. So, what are you offering
1: in its place? So, no CRM, I'm offering... Well, so so here's the thing, you know, I have this dream and my dream is that there was some tool that was like CRM. okay, like like it it doesn't have to all go away, you know, it it you know, but but instead of Sally in sales, you know, needing to sit down and type up her notes and enter all the information, the software just does things for them. It works in the background. And it notices everything that the salesperson is doing, who they're speaking to, what's going on, the emails that they're having. And it just kind of creates a, a trail of the information so the salesperson doesn't have to do anything. And then with all of that data, then it does exactly what you were saying, Umar, and being proactive and reaching out and saying, hey, your customer uh, ABC, they haven't ordered this month yet. Maybe it's a good time to check in them. You know, and that's what salespeople need. They, they don't need, you know, a, a place to keep their notes. Salespeople are smart. They're going to stay on top of their deals. What they need is an assistant, really, that can take all of that data and help them through their day. So let me ask you, I'm not sure if you have this data or you've come across it, you're kind of playing in the
0: space. What percentage of time does the average salesperson have a face-to-face or Zoom-to-Zoom FaceTime with a client because that's their highest value for the company is when I'm talking to customers. Do you know what percentage of time salespeople
1: actually do that? So the the numbers that I've seen kind of kicked around are something like less than 40% of the time. Um, And, you know, that sounds about right to me. You know, and if, you know, even if, you know, we can increase that to 50% uh, through... I mean, it would be a a game changer. The economy would go up three points a year just on that alone. Come on. So no, it would be be amazing. You know, so that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that I think we can achieve using technologies like AI, you know, no doubt.
0: So, well, let me go back a ways and I'm probably going to screw this up, but I think it might have been Turing, one of the father of computers, said, you know, we would have reached a certain plateau if you could have communication with a computer and not know you were talking to a machine. I think it was like 10 minutes or something was the the time. It was some level of time. And we're getting darn close to that now, where you can have yeah. a conversation with a machine and not realize you're talking to a machine. Like if I'm talking it's to a machine, machine and it says, Umar, you're handsome and you're charming and you're funny, we know it's a machine, it's not a human. But other than that, we're getting close. So the question I want to framing up is this. According to Forrester Research, that probably 80% of salespeople are going to go away because AI is going to take over and the chosen few that are left will be, you know, gods that walk among us because they'll be the people that need to close complex sales, that human to human connection. Thoughts on that? Do you think that's going to happen?
1: I, I don't think that that's going to happen. And and I'll tell you why. Um you know, people. Um, so, first of all, from an AI perspective, so Spiro, my company, we use a lot of advanced machine learning and and modeling to to help salespeople. But uh, you know, so I'm really deep into this, and I'll tell you, the state of the technology is good, but it's not. You know, it's it's like a seven year old kid. Good. You know, it's like you're like, oh yeah, he's really cute. Look at the things he can do. That's great. But it's it's nowhere near the point of uh, what a professional salesperson can do in terms of understanding the needs of a potential customer building empathy with them, really understanding how to solve their problem. It's, it's able to predict, you know, a lot of the times the next word I should type in an email, especially if it's looking forward to speaking to you next week yes. or something like that. But but no, I, I don't agree. I, I, and what Forrester does, which I don't completely agree in their methodologies, they also, when they count salespeople, they're also counting like um, people who work at cash registers and ring up orders in supermarkets really? and drugstores and things like that. And these are, I'm sure, these are very fine professions for people to be in. But th- but that's not sales to me. Yes, a sales associate at a store who's ringing you up on the cash register. Maybe they're going to get replaced uh, by AI. But a, a professional salesperson who does the things I described, I think we're maybe never or a really long time away from replacing them.
0: So it's going to be interesting because I think I'm split on that because I think there are things that AI could do. And like when we throw a chunk of data at AI and say, well, we know these things are cancers and here are the 50 x-rays before this moment. See if you can figure out if there were any precursors that we can't see as humans that you can see. AI is really good at doing stuff like that, looking at that data and uncovering patterns. And I suspect it would probably get really good at listening to thousands of salesperson conversations. I've got a friend of mine that runs a company, I forget the name of it, Execu something. And what they do is they, you and I having a sales conversation, it's recording everything. And when the boss wants to listen to that recording, they don't have to listen to all of it, which is like uh, time consuming. They can just go, when did Umar go for the close? And the AI will go right down to that part of the conversation and says, this is where the close happened. Where was there an objection? It'll automatically go to that section of the recording. So we're getting closer. I wonder if uh, we might get there uh, faster because most of the time people already know what they want. They're looking on the internet and they kind of have a sense of this is what I want. And the final gatekeeper is a salesperson.
1: Well, you know, again, I'm not sure that I agree and I'm perfectly happy to be wrong about all of this, but I, I think that people don't know what they want. And I think that people ha- often have a, a vague uh, picture of what the challenges that they're facing. And by going through uh, you know a, a process to understand what that is is a very essential part of the selling process. And, you know, we, we, you know, we were just talking, I was just right before this podcast, I was talking with a company, a medical equipment company, you know, and they're dealing with some challenges in their business. And we, we just kept digging in and in and in to what, what the issue really was. And it was a little bit like a therapy session, you know, and by the end of it, you know, like, like the, the person I was speaking to was like, yes, our problem is really all about the errors that are being created in our sales process and how that's hurting patients. And, you know, he he knew coming into the call that there was something, but he was not really able to articulate what that was. And I, again, you know, I'm not sure that the AI is going to have that level of nuance to make that happen. I agree 100%. I stand
0: corrected. That level of connection and... Especially when you can give your uh, customer an insight because oftentimes they don't know what the problem is. They're looking at a symptom and it would take a really talented salesperson to help them realize what it was. So yeah, I think there's areas where humans would be better, but also I suspect if I got 20 average salespeople, I wonder if uh, three of them could have done that and half of them would have given up and gone away and the other half would have struggled a bit. So there is also talented salespeople versus not.
1: Well, and that's true of everything. But but here's what I think is going to happen, and I think this is how you're going to know that we're on the path to this. We're going to have um, Iron Man suits for salespeople, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have the the Google Glass that they're going to wear. That's going to be like, oh, I don't think Umar's is paying attention on this call, or you know, no, that was the wrong thing to say. There's going to be like augmented reality for selling way before there's just AI selling. Yeah, agreed. On. That makes perfect sense. So, so, in the, so- and you know
0: that's. Yeah, go ahead. So before we started this conversation, I was saying, you know, what made you start your company? You said there was a movie and I said, what was the movie? So I'm going to cue this thing up because it's a, she might be on the call with us. Uh, I've got my smartphone here. The name of the movie was her. Where were you watching this and how did that spark an idea to start a company?
1: Yeah, well, I'll I'll, I'll tell you, we, um, so uh, I, before I started Spiro, I I started a company called Inovir, which we grew to be one of the largest salesforce.com partners in the world. Mm-hmm. And I sold that business in 2012. And uh, as it so happens, when you're running and starting a business, you don't have a lot of time for things. So I hadn't gotten to see the movies in a long time. So I finally got to go after I sold the business and I saw the movie Her. And it really kind of blew me away. If, if you're not familiar with it, Joaquin Phoenix in the slightly advanced future downloads a new app on his phone, which is an AI assistant. And it's played by the voice of Scarlett Johansson. Umar, she does not appear in the film physically, just her right. voice. But, but even the voice is enough so that he falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. And she's helping him through his day and you know, giving him advice. His life gets so much better. And I'm watching this movie and I'm like, you know, Salespeople don't need Salesforce, but they need a Scarlet Johansson helping them through all their day. And that's that's sort of I'll the origin that. story. Yeah. Now we tried to get her involved in the whole project. She was doing another movie, so she's not on board, you know, with Spiro. We still we think in the future she'll get on board. But but so the concept of having an assistant, you know, who does all of that work for hardworking salespeople is really the idea behind Spiro. So we took it directly from the movies that way.
0: Nice, because I think. At the end of the day, the salespeople are, uh, you know, the tip of the spear for companies. I was doing a, a retreat for a catering company, and we had, you know, their entire team. They're all the leadership around the table, and so at one of the sessions, I went to the head of sales. It's like, what has to happen for you to get involved? Somebody goes to the website, and they say, I'm looking to get married." And it says, "Okay, we take a look at that lead, and then we do this." How do you know how to do that? And they go, "Well, we know we need to do this step because of this." Then what's the next step? By the time they were finished, they had 67 steps in what they did. And part of it was you know, getting the chef involved. What's the menu? Here's the tasting. How do we do feedback? And so about a month later, I was in their facility and one of the people in the kitchen was like talking about those lazy, good for nothing salespeople. All they do is play golf all day and goof off. And we do all the hard work. And the head chef goes, no, you have no idea what they have to go through to make sure we all have jobs. So yeah, sales from the outside looks like it's, they got it easy, play golf and eat steaks, but it is such a critical part of the company. And so if we can get them to get more customer time and less drudgery of taking notes or researching where to go, if we can keep them in front of customers, company gets the highest ROI and salespeople love selling and everybody wins. So so take me through uh, a tale of two salespeople a salesperson with a CRM, what a typical morning might look like and with uh, Spiro, what that would look like.
1: Sure. Um, well, so, you know, uh, let's call, uh, you know, salesperson X who shows up in the morning, uh, you know, maybe they're using Salesforce or some other antiquated CRM and they, you know, open up their computer and, uh, there it is, just a blank sheet of paper uh, giving them no advice of what to do for the day. Uh, and so they can you know, go ahead and maybe look at a list of deals that they're working on, manually sort it themselves and figure out what they need to do and come up with a, a plan of people to reach out to. Uh, but, hold maybe, on. but a lot of you know,
0: CRMs actually give them, hey, today you have these 12 calls scheduled.
1: Oh, right. Because you manually entered all of those reminders. That is true. That is true. Yep. 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 So maybe you did a good job with that. And you know, what else is really crazy is maybe two weeks ago, you were like, Hey, I need to call Umar. So I'm going to set a reminder to call him, you know, two weeks in the future, but something happened. What happened in between them is you emailed him and he called you up a week ago and you had this whole conversation. So what pops up on his Salesforce is an out of date reminder.
0: Because yep, Salesforce
1: true. is not smart enough to know, hey, we actually had this great conversation. I don't need to do that. And so I would say that about half of the reminders that are going to be popping up on this day for the Salesforce user are going to be complete garbage. And they're probably not even going to dismiss them. They're such garbage. They're just going to be like, yeah. You know, so they're they're going to start their day. Let's say some of the reminders are appropriate. They'll make a phone call, which means looking up a phone number, dialing the number, you know, getting the person on the phone, you know, hopefully they connect with them, you know, taking down a bunch of notes, you know, maybe after they do their notes manually on a piece of paper, they're going to type it into Salesforce. I would hope that they would then send a recap email to their customer based upon the conversation that they had, right? Wouldn't right. you agree that would of be course. best practice? Of course, that would be practice, polite right?
0: and useful, yeah.
1: Yeah, so we do that, we send the recap, and we move on. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm just thinking out loud here, before lunch, we're able to have, you know, three or four conversations with things. So that's, that's kind of the way that I see the morning going for Salesperson X. Now, the, the difference with Spiro is that Spiro, you know, all by itself has been looking for the people that salesperson Y needs to be reaching out to. And it does that based upon, you know, deals that are in flight, customers that you haven't spoken to in a while, the order volume that's uh, occurred with all of your customers over time. And so when you turn on Spiro in the morning, your assistant is basically saying, hey, here are the, the five most important people. That I think you need to reach out to this morning, you know, and, you know, within Spiro, it, you know, our solution comes with a built in calling system. So you just click on the person's phone number and it dials it rings right through, you know, you uh, hopefully have a conversation. Let's say you do uh, Spiro transcribes the conversation for you. So there's no need to take notes. You know, and the beauty about not taking notes is you can be very present. And we talked about this a minute ago. Obviously, the best salespeople are very present. They're able to really listen and focus on what's going on, not the process of recording it. Right. And so so you're able to, you know, have a bunch of conversations. You're able to go from one conversation to the next because, you know, it's all been captured for you you know and you can write those recaps and everything when you're done going through you know speaking to everybody that needs to be done on your time you don't have to worry about it all being forgotten so i would venture to say you know my goal for the morning would be that using spiro the salesperson was able to have one better conversation uh during the day you know during the morning excuse me than the typical salesforce user and i would say one or two additional conversations a week even would would generate a substantial ROI. Definitely.
0: So, when you're talking to potential customers that are already invested in a CRM, whether their salespeople are bitching or not about it, and then uh, you come along, what does that conversation look like? And what convinces people to say we want to switch? And what are the holdouts holding on to? Because they probably realize this is better, but.
1: Yeah. So, the, the question that I usually ask sales leaders when I meet with them is, um, do you feel like your team is having enough conversations with customers and prospects? Yep. And, you know, there's really only two answers to that question. Answer one is no, I'd like them to have more. Answer two is, I don't know. (laughs) And a lot of people just don't know, uh, you know, how many they're having. And I feel like in both cases, Spiro is very well suited to help with that challenge. Um, now, now, don't get me wrong. You know, people, you know, have success with other platforms, and I'm very happy for them. But our focus industries are uh, manufacturing, distribution, and wholesale. That's where we're focused. The entire company, and in the supply chain, uh, a lot of these companies, honestly, they're they're using Excel as their CRM. They're right. not necessarily using a platform. And the reason why is their sales teams, uh, well, they're not the most technologically advanced folks. So we have a customer who's uh, the largest spray foam manufacturer in the United States. Most of their salespeople came from the construction industry and just are not that tech savvy. So right. they need a solution that's just going to do all this stuff for them. And that's where Spiro really shines.
0: Brilliant. So tell me about a success story, a company that was uh, brought it on, maybe skeptical, but uh, it's been six months, a year. And what are the results?
1: Yeah. So we we have a customer. Uh, so uh, my customers are all, you know, really like uh, these companies that make these awesome products. Right. And so we have a customer called Ceramic Pro. And I don't know where you live, Umar, but uh, in, in places that get a lot of rain and bad weather, you know, having a ceramic coating on your car can really preserve the paint and extend the life of of the car. And so we right. have a customer who's in the business of manufacturing these coatings. And um, so they, um, you know, their are uh, really, their mission of their sales team is to sign up uh, body shops all around the United States uh, to get them to, you know, carry, uh, carry their coding solution. And so they started working with Spiro. Uh, really, they were just using spreadsheets and all kinds of manual processes to do things. Uh, and they've grown their business tremendously. Uh, over the the time that we've been working with them. And what they say is that it really just helps their salespeople have these quality conversations with prospects, you know, and that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Brilliant. So what's been the increase in their sales? I'm not really at liberty to say that, uh, but let's just say it's, it's up tremendously. All right, excellent.
0: So tell us about your company. How many people in the company? How many engineers? How many salespeople?
1: Yeah, so we're about 35 people today. Uh, We have about 15 engineers uh, on the team. Uh, We have four, uh, you know, uh, sellers on the team. Um, You know, we're expanding nicely. Uh, You know, we started the company in 2014. Uh, We've invested about $11 million in building the technology. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that you probably know about AI is that you need a lot of data to train oh, yeah. the software. And so we actually ran Spiro free for 15,000 salespeople for a year to train the models uh, that we have that supports the product today. So we've made a very big investment. Uh, we just started going to market in 2018 and we've got about uh, about 200 customers today. So uh, oh, pretty rapid growth excellent. for us as well, yeah.
0: So are you from the grounds up built this or did you go to like an Amazon and got their machine learning and customized it for you?
1: You know, we've used uh, all kinds of different techniques to to build. Uh, So we, you know, for example, we use... um uh, a company for the transcriptions, you know, of the phone conversations, because there's no way we're going to compete with all the transcription companies out there. It's so we use- some. out
0: there, brilliant.
1: Yeah, I- exactly. But some of the core algorithms around predictive behavior, those are our, you know, intellectual property there. So it's, it's got to be a mix of everything. And of course, we're built on Amazon Web Services and, you know, databases and stuff like that, so.
0: Brilliant. So are you a tech guy or a business guy?
1: I think I'm mostly a business guy. My tech skills kind of ran out when uh, Unix stopped being a popular platform. So right, well, still Linux is still around. Uh. Linux is still around, but most people, when they hear Unix, they think of the guys who guard the pharaoh. They don't think of like a oh, yeah. you know a HP mini computer or something like that.
0: Those were the good old days. So before we part company today, uh, three questions. Number one, what's the biggest challenge you guys are facing in the landscape right now? What's the next uh, milestone you need to hit and how are you going to hit it?
1: So, you know, I think the biggest challenge that we face, which I think is a very common challenge for any kind of startup company, is to generate awareness uh, of the, the product. And, you know, more importantly, even the pain that we're trying to to solve. And this is why you know we have uh, we go to market with a no CRM logo like we're right. all about this killing awesome. CRM. Yeah. And and we're you know the reason why we do that is is to generate awareness and you know to try to play off a little controversy to have people say wait a second what is that? And that that turns out to be a very effective way of doing it. But I would say definitely generating uh, awareness for the business is, can definitely be a challenge
0: brilliant so uh, what makes you happy adam
1: there's so many things that make me happy uh, i mean my uh, i feel very fortunate uh, to be you know where i am today in the world every day i wake up and and think that uh, to be you know living uh, you know here in the us with my family and have everything we need and have a great opportunity to build a business that's that's really just a blessing so i feel very very good about that uh, but you know, personally, I enjoy the satisfaction of talking to people and helping people with problems. I'd say that's the thing for me that really gets me out of bed and wanting to build a business. That's that's just a, such a great thing when we can see that come true.
0: And so are you a sales guy? Are you talking to customers on a
1: daily basis? I'm talking to customers on a daily basis. Absolutely. Every, every chance I get. I mean, there's a lot of other things that as CEO of the business, I need to deal with the finance and the HR and all the admin and stuff like that. But... You know, it's really talking to customers that's the best. So what is a mind hack or a tip you could share with people that you use to make you more effective, a
0: better seller, a better leader?
1: Well, it's so hard to boil it down to one thing. I'm a big believer in practicing gratitude and really being, you know, like, like I said before, just remembering how fortunate we are because I think that we're all... Dealing with setbacks in our lives and every great salespeople are losing an incredible volume of deals, right? And so, if we can be grateful for where we are and bring like a positive attitude to life, mm-hmm. I think that that works really well. Uh, as my, I guess I'll make that my number one recommendation then. Um,
0: Brilliant. Adam, thank you so much for being on the program. Really enjoyed the conversation. And uh, I do think the robot apocalypse is coming and I'm going to be out of a job, but that's okay. Thanks so much for being on the show.
1: All right, Omar. Really, really great talking with you. Cheers.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results.